If it's Tuesday, we must be here for another episode of Cloud Talk Live. Folks, my name is Jeff DeVerter, Chief Technology Evangelist at Rackspace. That's right. We're back again. Thank you so much for joining. Hey, folks, welcome to the program. So glad that you are here. I say this every week. But you're going to love this episode. Totally different than anything we've ever done before. But first, we want you to be a part of this program. And to do that, you've got to introduce yourself. I can't see through the computer and see who is there. So you're going to have to introduce yourself. Who? Uh, let me know who you are. Let me know where you are. And in the process, maybe everybody just shoot me a little email. Tell me you were here today. You can do that by sending an email to solve at rackspace.com. You see, solve is Rackspace's thought leadership program. Now, you know, Rackspace technology is this fancy cloud computing and managed hosting company, but I'm not here to talk about that today. What we're here to talk about is all things technology. You see at the Solve program, we're here to help bring you information that can help make you a wiser IT person. Whether you're somebody who's who's, uh, cranking out code uh, on a daily basis, managing systems, managing the people who manage the systems. Hey, London is the first one in here. Thanks so much, Sean, for being here. Um, also, um, uh, also sales, we have a ton of salespeople who will join here. In fact, a lot of rackers. And so rackers, welcome to the program. I'm so glad you're here. In fact, we have one of your fellow rackers is going to be a part of the program today. Now here at uh, Cloud Talk Live, part of our Solve program, we put out this live stream. Sean is here. Glad you're here. Um, We put out this program, this live program, every single week. Now, the audio from this program finds its way into the podcast feed. That podcast can be found anywhere you can find podcasts. Oddly enough, it is called Cloud Talk. Cloud Talk is the podcast. Cloud Talk Live is this. Now, Daniel and I, producer Daniel, have been talking about bringing back unique content to the podcast. And I didn't tell Daniel this, but I've been starting to schedule some some people in the background. The first one is we have a new president here at Rackspace. He's over our private cloud. His name, uh, I'm going to keep a lot of this as secret as possible. Okay, it's Brian Lilly. And he has an amazing career, and I want to bring him on to be a part of, of that and how we kick that all off. So let's just say some welcomes. Miguel is here. Glad you're here. Alex is here. Glad to see you as well. Uh, Duluth, Georgia. Misan is here. So glad that you are here. Palavi is here. Texas. So great. Megan from San Antonio, just down the road for me. Glad that you are all here. Now, as I mentioned, uh, today I have brought a, uh, a racker to be a part of our program. This racker, near and dear to my heart. Now, if you're a racker, then we are co-workers. We are acquaintances, but I'd like to consider uh, Mike Ross to also be one of my friends. Mike has been at Rackspace for 11 years. And at Rackspace, we're sort of known for the interview process being somewhat challenging. And when Mike was going through the process 11 years ago, he had one last interview with this guy right here. And then he came and be a part of my team. Uh, the, the team was very much, uh, we, were, we were cranking out SharePoint in those days. Florida's here, glad Florida's here. ADD kicking in. But Mike came and joined the team. He was, uh, he was helping just solve the world's problems in and around SharePoint systems administration and, uh, and, and had a great time with it. And when we were doing some prep work, he had some lamenting about maybe he had it pretty good back in those days. So let's bring Mike back or up onto stage, not back on stage, but let's bring him up here. India's here, by the way. Glad that India's here. Dominican Republic, always glad to see Dominican Republic. Mike Ross, welcome to the program. Jeff Deverter, a pleasure, sir. 
Hey, so, you know, uh, boss number one right here at Rackspace, you stuck around. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. 11 years and been three years a manager now. Three years as a manager. So we were chatting last week and getting ready for this about uh, maybe you had it kind of easy back in those days. Yes. Uh, all my leaders made this job look easy, <laughs> including you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am positive that you're doing that for your, your you sort of left the Microsoft ecosystem, you're Linux folks, correct? Yeah, Linux and Windows, yes. Linux and Windows. The whole crew, all flavors. How many yep. people report to you today, Mike? Uh, 18 right now. 18. Now, folks, this is that is a microcosm of really what we're going to talk about today, because uh, Mike is a, is a born leader. I could tell that from the moment that he came to Rackspace. He just had to, uh, you know, wait a little while to get the official title. But, Mike, you got plugged in earlier on. You're big in Toastmasters. You love to get in and help people be better public presenters. Uh, I know as an individual, you're out working with folks uh, in the community in different uh, ways. So you are a natural leader in doing these things. Now, you as as a as an official leader at Rackspace, in other words, if we go look you up in our people system, there are a bunch of little dots that report up into you. But uh, but but you're you're also a leader in unofficially. So you're part of. Uh, in fact, you lead one of what we call here at Rackspace our Racker Resource Groups or RRGs. Correct. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, so, sir. so, so, what is what is before we get into the specifics? What is an RRG? Yeah, an RRG is uh, generally it's a a culture fit, a group of people to get together that want to elevate their culture. Such as we have one for people in Asia Pacific, we have one for people Latam, and we have one for African Americans. And it's funny. The reason I am here in this rise position is one of my former leaders. As he was leaving, he charged me to take over the become president of Rise as part of my uh, growth and leadership growth and leadership. Yeah, Jeff, are you quiet? You're still there? So with RISE, uh, we've been celebrating African-American culture events, such as I helped organize the, um, and with uh, Lindsay, helped organize the MLK March, which was fantastic the first time I'd ever done the march. We've also done uh, Juneteenth celebrations. Juneteenth is for, uh, for the African-Americans in Texas who found out they were free about a year after the Emancipation uh, Proclamation by Lincoln. So we always try to get those things together. And again, RISE is just not for African-Americans, it's for anybody who wants to uplift other people. So what's been the easiest part of that for you, Mike? The easiest part is working with our coordinators, PJ and Lindsay. They are fantastic. They helped me get everything done. Uh, and the hard part about it was, was the actual march itself because I've uh, been sitting around a bit too much and about a three-mile march. It's a little longer than I expected, but I'm definitely going to uh, do it again next year. That's a serious march. How many people turned out for that? You know, for Rackspace, we had a full bus load. We had about 25 people. Again, PJ and Lindsay, they got the most luxurious bus I've ever been on. And 
all of San, a huge portion of San Antonio turned out. I don't know how many people, but we had helicopters. People had drones flying overhead. And it was a very, very nice march to celebrate Martin Luther King. That's fantastic. All right. You, and it's a you know, testimony. You can survive anything, even just Internet going out in the middle of a live stream. But I am back. <laughs> we, we roll with the punches. Well, Mike, um, you uh, have recently been giving some some talks in and around Rackspace. And, uh, and all of that, of course, in, in celebration of Black History Month. Um, but your talk wasn't just about um, historic African-Americans, specifically about some amazing women who have made an impact in the community. So why don't we step through a couple of those folks? In fact, sure. I've got some pictures. They're going to show up over my, my, my shoulder here. Yeah. Tell us about the first one. All right. So just uh, as I was thinking about this, I decided uh, to celebrate black women because generally black women are the hub and nucleus and the rock of our community and our foundations. So this particular lady here, her name was Elizabeth Freeman, and uh, she was born in 1744. Now, very interesting because she was in Massachusetts and she was a slave. When they drafted the Massachusetts uh, Constitution, they stated that mankind was free and independent of each other. Now she was clever. So what she did is she used that part of the constitution to challenge her in servitude. And she won and she won her freedom. And other blacks in Massachusetts won their freedom also. Understand that was in 1744, right? When did our constitution Congress happen? 1776. So she was, she was really, really influential in starting the movement of Blacks wanting their freedom and using the legal system to get it. And she did it before the United States government declared their freedom independence from Great Britain. That is an absolutely incredible story. What an amazing woman. Yes. Obviously, somebody who's well-educated as well to be able to use the legal system um, to her and her uh, and everyone else's advantage. Yeah. Honestly, probably not. She was a slave, but she was clever. She was mm -hmm. clever. Well, <laughs> but, but intelligent, I would say. I mean, maybe, maybe not thoroughly educated, but obviously extraordinarily intelligent. Yes. <laughs> there is there, there can be a strong difference there. All right. So let's um, uh, super interesting. And, and we're driving towards one amazing woman at the end, uh, which you guys are going to love. But let's yes. let's take a look at the next one. We'll push a button right here. And there she is. Ah, Mary Ellen Pleasant, born a slave, 1814. My friends, when she passed away, she was worth $30 million. $30 million in her age or $30 million in our age? Uh, that's $860 million in our age. <laughs> so how did this woman, black woman, born a slave, a housemaid and a cook, end up with so much money and so much success? Well, she worked for wealthy businessmen and she would listen to what they were saying about their investments and what they were buying and she mimicked them. They did not understand that she was intelligent enough to, to realize what they were doing, so she mimicked them. She owned silver mines, gold mines, sand mines. She owned many businesses, and at the end of her, towards the end of her life, she used a lot of her money to actually help uh, freedmen's causes. But think about it. You are a cook, a maid, but savvy enough to listen to what the business people around you are saying and to follow their lead. And she ended up with $30 million. That, I, I can't even, I can't fathom that. That's just amazing. Yes. And to be <laughs> worth that much and still going to work every day. I mean, that was research. That wasn't work. That was research. True. True. Definitely. Definitely the truth. Again, shrewd and intelligent. Obviously, yes. somebody who did not go to lots of school, but shrewd and intelligent. 
Yep, definitely. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. So uh, there's a couple more ladies we're going to talk to, but Mike, if we step back just for a second, mm-hmm. um, what what did you personally learn as we as you as you looked at these ladies and and looked at their lives? You know, what lessons did you take away from from this personally? Yeah, one of the big lessons is even though you may look different than everybody around you, even though you may be downtrodden, you are still important and you can still do great things if you put your mind to it. Mm. And that's what these lovely ladies did. They put their mind to something and they did it even though they were slaves. And let's think about this. This is before women's suffrage, before women had the right to vote. These amazing women did these things because they put their mind to it. That's it. That's absolutely incredible. Let's take a look at another one here. Let me bring her up onto the screen. There we go. Oh, one of my favorites. Uh, Stephanie St. Clair. At the end of her life, she was known as Madam St. Clair. Hmm. Again, she was born in you know, 1897, and she was a housemaid, and she got fired. So she had nothing to do. And again, African-American woman up in New York, no prospects. So she started working for what they call the policy houses, which is the numbers game, our modern lottery. (laughs) She saved up so much money that she started her own policy house. So let's think about this. An African-American woman starting her own policy house. You know what she did? She modernized hers. While everybody had people running around with slips of paper, she installed telephones so her business would go faster. Use of technology. I knew we'd get back into it here eventually. Yep. And she was so, she got so big that the cops, the crook cops came to her and she ran them off. Even the New York mob, Dutch Schultz, tried to come after her and take her policy house from her and she fought them all off. So she is almost the modern, the founder of our modern lottery system, Stephanie St. Clair. And at the end, again, she was known as Madam St. Clair, because she did very well for herself. But for a a black woman to decide to moderate to to create a business, she also created the first bank in Harlem. Because if you're winning the policy house and you're an African American, especially a woman, you had no bank. So she created the first bank in Harlem. And retired very, very wealthy. Very, very wealthy. I, I'm just just and and she was great, just fantastic woman. Mike, that is just an amazing, amazing story. I feel like you're taking me to history class. Um, I'm not sure Jeff had anybody else prepared for you, but um, I'd love to hear you keep talking about it if, if you would like to continue sharing any, any, any information. Sure, sure. No problem. Well, there is one more and I hope Jeff can bring up the uh, the last one. And I'll just talk about her a little bit and, uh, and Jeff will come back and we'll show the picture. Uh, Linda Marie Knowlton, born in 1949. A uh, small plantation, and her. She had her first child when she was eighteen. There's Linda Marie Knowlton right there, and the house she lived in was so ramshackle; it didn't have a front and a back door. And one time, a snake came in. She told me, and everybody ran out of the house, and she had to run back in and get her son out because a snake came in the house. Her first job was picking cotton and snap peas for the sharecroppers. One day, she decided she was going to change her life. So she looked around and figured out what she needed to do to make her life better. She went back to college. Night, she got her undergraduate, she got her master's, and she ended up doing very well for herself when she retired. She also raised two kids by herself, a single mom. 
Can we show one of those kids? Can we show one of those kids? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Show one of the kids. (laughs) There we are. Yep, yep. Look at that kid right there. (laughs) That little guy. And Linda Marie Knowlton was the hub and backbone and happens to be my mother. And as I look back at all the things my mom did for me, the way she blazed the trail for me and my brother, we are both successful because I remember when she got her undergraduate degree, she came off the stage at St. Mary's and looked at me and my brother and said, I have an undergraduate degree. I've shown you how it's done. You have no more excuses. I love that story. Very powerful woman. My mother, Linda Marie Knowlton. This episode of Cloud Talk is sponsored by Cisco App Dynamics. Technical environments are getting more complex, and Cisco App Dynamics is helping to cut through the noise. Their full stack observability solutions help make every tech decision a business decision and keep everyone all on the same page. App Dynamics software enables deeper understanding of both user and application behavior so that your teams can see share, and take action all in real time. Just go to appdynamics.com to learn more, schedule a live demo, or even start a 15-day free trial to see the difference for yourself that Cisco App Dynamics can make in your mission-critical applications. All right, with that, let's get back to the program. That's amazing. Well, well, you, you, you kind of blurred through a little bit in the story, and I would love for just to dig in a little bit deeper Sure. Uh, you, you, because because you know you mentioned that she had been was working in in human resources or in payroll, and she was seeing some checks go out to individuals. And was wondering how do these people get so much more money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she she tells me that story all the time where she was doing data entry for mm-hmm. HR, and she saw people's retirement checks going through, and then she said, "How do I get a retirement check like this? You have to go back to college." So she went and got her undergraduate in computers, went and got her master's. And I remember her going to night school, working a full day and then going to night school and raising me and my brother at the same time, all by herself. That's pretty working incredible. Four, she worked three or four jobs actually at a time. <laughs> well, it's kind of what you have to do when, when you got to get a, when you got to get ahead, when you're trying to get from where you are and what's sustaining you, it takes a little extra gas on the pedal to, to move to that, to that next gear, if you will, using a car metaphor. But Mike, these are four amazing women across a couple of hundred years uh, of time. But as I listen to these stories now, I'm hearing some commonalities. I'm hearing that folks who were who were not content with their current situation, who yes. uh, wanted more for themselves and for their families, and they weren't afraid to put in the hard work. True. That is 100% true. Now, you know, I, I could take and I could draw that parallel to what I've seen in you here at Rackspace over the past 11 <laughs> years. You're a guy coming in looking for a SharePoint gig. We had a common friend, uh, which is also part of what helped push you over the edge because good, smart friends are good. Uh, our, our good friend, Kent Kingery, who is a friend of the show as well and been on here many times. But uh, uh, but you, you, you could have been, you know, happy to be sitting there, you know, chunking away, patching and uh, upgrading and managing server farms, whether they were the SharePoint things or other stuff. But, but what was it in you that thought, manager, I want to actually help lead people officially? Yeah. One of the things I've always loved is people and helping people with their problems, mm. helping people solve issues. That's the reason I got into tech support, because I, when I first started in dial-up internet, Realtors were having a problem dialing to the internet, so I would go help them. That's how I got my first tech support gig. I've always wanted to help people. And as a leader at Rackspace, I would 
listen to my coworkers talk about their issues they were having, and I would give them advice and try to help them. And that's what I always wanted to do, was more about making somebody better than mm. they were last year and helping yeah. blaze a path for them, help them pointing them in the right direction. And for all my team members, one day they're going to leave. I just want them to leave and look back when they worked with me and said, man, that was a great leader, a great inspiring leader. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, you're drawing it back together as well, Mike. And that is as we we uh, it's not just about the inspiring and amazing human interest stories. But as we draw this back to technology, then I think you enca encapsulated it really well with the realtor story. You know, in the realtor story, you had folks who were who were trying to either sell houses or help people buy houses. One of the two pieces of the transaction and they needed even back in these early days, days of, of dial up Internet. They needed technology to make it happen. They didn't need technology for technology's sake. They needed technology to help them get their job done. And for you, you're about removing those barriers. And that yes. was really, sounds like a huge catalyst in your technology career. Yes, definitely, definitely. And one thing that we have to do, especially as a leader, when new technologies come around, we have to adopt them. And I gotta be honest, When and I'm old guys, when the World Wide Web first started, I was like, nobody's gonna browse the web, it's too slow, it's never gonna work. And so every time I have a thought about new technologies, oh, that's not going to say, hang on, you were wrong about the web. You were wrong about other technologies. I think this is something we can we can adopt. So. All right. So let me ask you. So yes. then let me ask you with with your your tech futurist hat on. Then uh, a lot of people are are equating the early days of the web to now the early days of what is being termed the metaverse. Where does AR VR fit into our future in your estimation? Yeah. AR, VR, I haven't heard that term. <laughs> Augmented reality, virtual reality. Oh, virtual reality. Metaverse uh, stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah. As the technology gets better, that is something I think we're all going to use a lot more. My yeah. wife is a gamer. She uses VR all the time. I have some aircraft flying simulations, and they're beautiful in VR. I think we can start doing some training in VR, where people can mm. sit in a class with VR and train. Uh, I think it's something that is, it is, it's on the cusp. It's still kind of new, yeah. but I am a firm believer that that technology will, will become commonplace just like our phones are now. I agree. So, um, so about a year ago, I picked up a Quest 2 headset and I thought, well, this is cool and it's very entertaining. Um, but the use cases seem somewhat limited. And I don't know what got a, I got a burr under my saddle over the holiday breaks. And, uh, and I thought, well, what else can I do with this thing? And, uh, and I stumbled into exercise. So, so if anybody out there is using, you know, the Supernatural app inside of there, it kicked my butt this morning, an hour long. I mean, holy cow, that is an amazing implementation of the technology. And, my wife uh, in the living room, she's doing Beat Saber, swinging lightsabers around. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> it is so much fun and it kicks my butt, Mike. I go to bed exhausted every night. Yes, yes, definitely. All right. Well, Mike, um, I am so glad that you chose to come and share some of these stories today and share your own folks. I hope that you found this um, one inspiring that the human condition, regardless of where you are in life, can be improved. Um, but it does take personal you know, gumption to go and get it done. You've got to be able to perceive what it is you want. You've got to know a path to get there and you've got to have the fortitude to power through three and four jobs I, as I, is the thing I'm hearing, Mike, from you and your mom that she powered through and that's yes. that's so impressive. Um, a lot of you don't know this, but I started my career uh, in the music industry. So recording studio engineer and producer. And so I had a desire to, 
you know, do that. But it got to a point with a young family that that uh, it was time for a career change. And that's when I shifted full time into technology. But it was a very similar situation. I'd work all day and uh, come home and study all night getting ready for those MCSE tests. Anybody else do those MCSE tests back in the mid 90s? Ooh, baby, a little NT540 uh, NT and uh, Exchange 55 for me. Yep, yep. Uh, TCPIP exam. Yep, I've done them all. <laughs> and it was difficult. <laughs> but- all right, folks. Well, Mike is on uh, the LinkedIn, so you can go find him there if you want to learn more about him. I'd encourage you to do that. He is making a difference at Rackspace every single day, so we're so thankful to have him here. And Mike, anything else you want to share about these these ladies, things that you personally learned or that uh, that as you've studied them, that is making a difference in your life? Yeah. The one thing I want to leave with everybody is two things, actually. First of all, the answer you're looking for or the inspiration you're looking for may come from somebody who doesn't sound like you, doesn't look like you. Keep an open mind. And the second thing is you can reach any height you want as long as you stick to it and work hard. Hmm. If you, were, if you could drop your mic, you could drop the mic, but that would also drop the camera and probably drop your computer. So let's not do that. But it was a killer way to end the program, Mike. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Jeff. Always a pleasure. Pleasure to know you. Pleasure to get to work with you on a, uh, well, I don't see each other every day, but every now and again, we run into each other. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, uh, what an amazing story. So glad to have Mike on. If there's anybody who's going to personify how to, one, improve yourself in your situation, too. I love the last quote about how if you want to better yourself, your inspiration may come from somebody who doesn't look like you or sound like you. Uh, and, and Mike does neither of those things for me because he doesn't look like me or sound like me. And holy cow, did I learn something today. Well, folks, um, you know, all the content from this program can be found in the in the live or in the podcast stream. So make sure you go out and uh, subscribe to that. If you haven't done that already, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, Know also that, uh, of course, we are back here every Tuesday morning and next Tuesday we're back into talking about healthcare, the tech in and around healthcare. We've got Josh Stern, who's going to be a part of the program. Josh Stern is the chief revenue officer over at Vatica Health. And, uh, and we're getting into that whole value-based healthcare. It is a complex conversation, uh, but you're going to want to be a part of it. Um, you know what? Brings us to the end of our Tuesday morning. Everyone, I'm so thankful that you're a part of today. If you were here, you're a better person for it, getting to hear what Mike had to share today. So I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. And for all of us here at Cloud Talk Live, thanks so much for being a part of the program.